Good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. We're very excited to have you with us. We are in the, uh, the midst of a series entitled Godcast, Answers to Questions from 21st Century Christians, which is really hard to say. Um, and, and, you know, you add this week's topic and it's even longer. But we we're doing a, a couple of things. If you weren't here last week, one thing that I, I wanted to let you know that we are doing uh, during this series is we're giving away iPod Nanos that uh, are the New Heights colors, the blue and white uh, color. And on the back, it has laser engraved uh, our website. Um, so if you win one, you can give it to someone because I'm sure that's all what you would do. Um, you may be asking yourself, self, how would I achieve such a great feat of getting one of these nanos? Here's the answer. Bring a first-time visitor. Bring somebody. The reason we're doing this is we believe that these questions we're asking, these five questions, are pretty important and are not just questions that people who come to church on a regular basis have. They're, they're questions that pretty much are relevant to everyone. Maybe not today's necessarily, but... Most of them are really relevant to the lives of most everyone you know, Christian or not, believer or not. So we're trying to get you out of the box and invite someone to come to church with you. If you do that, you go see Debbie or Kevin or any of the people in the back and you say, this is my first time visitor. Your first time visitor will get two tickets in which they fill their information out on. They will have two chances to win the Nano and you will get one. Remember, it's not about you. So they will have a better chance than you will. But it's to encourage people to, to bring new guests. If you're a first-time visitor this morning, head back and get a, not now, um, please, after the serve, and get a ticket. Um, if you have any questions about that, they can, Debbie can tell you everything you need to know about it. Right, Debbie? You know everything. Excellent. Um, so there you go. I'm not going to put this on the altar because I'll probably get in trouble for that. The altar of Apple. Today's topic is why has Christianity split into so many different denominations? And let me tell you where these questions came from. I went around the staff and I asked them, what are some questions you get faced with from members of the church, from people in your ministry, or just questions you might have yourself? And so the five questions that we came up with were, are there many ways to God? We talked about that last week. You can uh, hear that sermon online at our website, or you can go to iTunes and get it as well. Um, This week is about Christianity splitting. This one, this one came from the children's department. Uh, kids ask this question a lot. Why do my friends go to another type church? Um, what's the difference in what's going on there? So that's what, that one came from the kids. Next week we're talking about are we living in the end times, um, which is a pretty talked about issue, um, especially in our town at one church. And then uh, another question, the next one is uh, why do good things happen to bad people? Flip that. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or you can ask the same one, you know, the other way too. But why do bad things happen to good people? A question that I think is on the heart of a lot of people, um, especially when they give their lives to Christ and start that relationship with Him. That is a question that comes up a lot. When we have natural disasters, that question comes up. When there's an attack on our country or on someone, that question comes up a lot. I'm sure it was asked a lot by the families of the Virginia Tech victims. Um, so that is a very relevant question in our life today. And then the last question was mine. It is, are there really shapes and clouds, is the fifth and final question. And if you ever wanted to know the real answer to that question, you must come to find out. But today is about denominations. And, and I love that kid at the end there, the second grader, the CCD kid. 
Um, he's obviously a Catholic if he's going to CCD. For those of y'all that don't know what that is, that's the, their kind of their confirmation type class. Says I'm only in second grade. They don't teach me that much. Um, denominations. What? Why are we split so many different ways? This is a question that really bugs me. I'm just going to ask you to to raise your hand, if you will, if you feel comfortable with it. Did you grow up Methodist? If you feel comfortable, raise your hand. How many of you grew up Methodist? Okay. How many uh, grew up Catholic in here? Ooh, the Catholics outnumber the Methodists. I'm very careful what I say. How many? Uh, how many of you grew up Baptist? Oh my gosh! Uh, we could have a fight, but we could like be the Jets and the Sharks. It'd be awesome. Um, that's right. I watch musicals. Uh, how, how about Episcopalians? Oh yeah, Episcopalians. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, Episcopalians. Presbyterians. Non-denominationals. Others. Very nice. Nothing at all. I guess other qualifies as nothing at all. Um, it, as you can see, there's a wide variety in here. Those of you in the front row can't, but thanks for sitting on the front. But those of you in the back can tell there's a wide variety of different, we're kind of a melting pot of denominations in here. I grew up Episcopalian. I went to Catholic school growing up. I was all confused. Ended up a Methodist pastor. My father was Southern Baptist, married an Episcopalian. He left the Baptist roots behind. We went to the Episcopal church. You know, why? What's the point of all these different things? Let me t- I have a family tree up here, just of the Wesleyan church, of John Wesley. I'm not going to bore you too much. I really like history and all this stuff. I, I know that some of you are put to sleep by my sermons anyway, and this will just exacerbate that. So the Methodist movement, Methodist Episcopal Church. we got the African Zor Methodist Church, AME Zion Church, the Reformed Zion Union Apostolic, the AME Church, not to be confused with the AME Z Church, uh, the Reformed Methodist Union Church, the Christian Methodist Episcopal, the Salvation Army. Anybody know they came from the Methodists? How about that? Rock on. Um, Salvation Army, the Pentecostal Holiness, United Pentecostal, Assemblies of God, Churches of God, the Church of God in Christ, the Church of God in Christ International, the Wesleyan Church, Pilgrim Holiness, the Church of God Anderson Movement, the Wesleyan Church, the Free Methodist Church, the Methodist Episcopal Church South, the Methodist Protestant, the Methodist Church, Evangelical Methodist, Southern Methodist, Church of the Nazarene, Fundamental Methodist, Bible Protestant Church, and then in 1968, we got a little, you know, unified and called ourselves the United Methodist Church. That's a lot of different, that's a lot of splits from just one guy who didn't want to form a denomination in the first place. Did y'all know that? John Wesley didn't want to form the Methodist Church. He was an Episcopal priest. He was a priest in the Episcopal Church, and he believed in the Church of England, in the Episcopal Church. He just wanted to see things changed a little bit. And a couple of crazy guys in America go, whoa, let's take this and run. And birth the Methodist church. So many different churches. So many different denominations. You start the Baptist family tree, and it goes crazy. The Presbyterian family tree, and it goes crazy. Denominations. You know, the funny thing is, the Bible doesn't say anything about denominations, does it? It does talk about differences in churches. It does talk about different ways of believing and different ways of worshiping. In 1 Kings chapter 12, Jeroboam is the king of Israel at this point. And the two kingdoms have split, Israel and Judea. And Jeroboam decides, because he doesn't have the holy city in his land, to make his own holy city. In fact, he creates two, Bethel and Dan. 
He curates these two holy cities in which to worship. And he starts the first shift right there. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were Jews. They believed in God, but they did things a little differently. There was a separation on what they believed. In Acts 15, there's a division in the church over circumcision. Do you remember this? Paul is going out speaking to all the Gentiles, Paul and Barnabas. And he comes back to the church in Jerusalem. They're like, what are you doing talking to these, all these Gentiles and not having them circumcised? There's a, a disunion there in the church. They have a council. They mend things. They move on. Martin Luther in the 16th century on October 31st. You might know it as Halloween Day at our house. We say, Happy Reformation Day! It's when Martin Luther, a monk in the Catholic Church, went and nailed his 95 theses to an abbey door said, I'm done with the Catholic Church. And the Protestant Reformation began. Shortly thereafter, Henry VIII, I'm Henry VIII, I am, uh, sorry. Henry VIII uh, started the Church of England. Why? Anybody? He wanted a divorce, yeah. (laughs) Catholics wouldn't let him, I'll show them I'm king. He started his own denomination, the Episcopal Church, the Church of England. From there came the Methodists and everything good and holy thenceforth. If you look at all these different schisms, they're called a lot of times. You know, the Catholics don't call the Protestant Reformation the Protestant Reformation. They call it the Reformation. A little upset by it. There's different things that go on to split churches. And the... Today, it's no different. The Presbyterian Church has split in the recent past. The Episcopal Church today is going through a split. Our church might someday go through a split. We might birth another denomination. I kind of find it funny at times that we get so entrenched in our camp of I'm a Methodist, that we forget what it's really all about. The thing is, God doesn't want this, necessarily. God wants unity. In John, chapter 17, verse 22, 23. That would be Romans, Michael. Jesus is speaking and he says this, I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one. So that they may be one as we are. I in them and you in me, all being perfected into one. See, what's the deal with Christ? What does he really want? He wants us to be one. He wants us to focus on what is truly important. To be one in him. As you and I, he says, as God the Father and God the Son are one, so we are to be one. Jesus Christ himself was teaching this. You need to be one. Come together, be perfected as one. Paul speaks about it all the time. Paul is constantly talking about being united in Christ, coming together in Christ. The teachings of Christ come together behind those In Philippians 2, he says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Being one in spirit and purpose. 
in Romans 15, 5, 6. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ Jesus toward the other. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you look through the text, it seems quite clear that God is pushing us towards something. The problem is, is that we all have different ideas about what that something is. St. Augustine used the term essentials and non-essentials. I I love this. For me, it comes down to these two things, essentials and non-essentials. Every denominational split, every schism in the church has been about non-essentials. We get so nitpicky, not all of them, but most of them. We get so nitpicky about the non-essentials. In every era, there is some issue that it comes down to. At one time, it was drinking. Today, it's homosexuality. We break and fracture into so many different pieces. And what do we do? We start yelling at one another. We start fighting with one another. We start getting up on our high horse and saying, our denomination is better. The rest of you are going to burn because you're believing something horrid. We have the truth. And God's going, I'm the truth. I don't know what y'all are fighting about, but it's me. I am the one. I'm the truth. Be perfected in me. And we get so caught up in these little games of of what is right and you know and this and we we nitpick the smallest little verse we take one verse out of the bible and we fight wars over it i am not your typical methodist pastor in fact really none of us on staff are me the least of them david is worried when i go through my ordination process uh, as what i'm going to say he wants somebody in the room to you know, have a little shocker, I guess, so they can shock me when I open my mouth just to keep me quiet or somebody in the room to apologize. Whatever Michael says is not the responsibility of Alamo Heights United Methodist Church or David Meninsky. Because quite honestly, I, I really don't care if you call me a Methodist pastor. I don't, I don't care if we're a Methodist church. Now, for some of you, that's going to be shocking and you're going to be a little upset by that. But I don't care. Because for me, it, it's not about, it's not about the, the color of my uniform. It's about what team I play on. We're all playing baseball, whether we're Red Sox or Rangers. The Yankees are a different story, but <laughs> we're all playing for God. I left a church in Fort Worth once over kind of such an issue we were arguing over a non-essential and i said you know what it's about jesus and i'm not going to get into this argument over this i wasn't serving the church we were kind of volunteering there and and we left if you want to nitpick over the little things then you're going to miss the big picture then you're going to miss the saving grace of jesus christ you're going to miss bringing people to know him into relationship with him helping them to walk as he walked to be the hands and feet of Christ in this world. Isn't that more important than the little bitty things? Women don't speak in church. Well, 
We have two female pastors on staff. I'm sure that drives some denominations crazy. In fact, David and Diana went to Africa last summer, I think it was, or the summer before last. And, and while they were there, they were with another group of pastors. And there was a pastor who, who wouldn't acknowledge Dinah as a pastor. He was from another denomination, obviously, but he wouldn't acknowledge that she had any role in the church whatsoever. She came back going, I was just invisible to this guy. To be so caught up in something like that and to miss the passion of Christ makes me sick. We're so focused at one another and we're fighting with one another that we're missing to reach out to the world. And you know what? The world's looking back at us and going, well, y'all are fighting. I don't want to be a part of that. You keep yelling at one another. You keep pointing fingers at one another. Anytime one of you steps out of line, the others jump on top of them. Yeah, that's something I want to be a part of. And all the while, God's going, be perfected in me. Be unified in me. It's all about me. I don't understand why we just can't get that. There was a guy on there, he had a Don't Mess With Texas t-shirt on. He was the guy last week that said he was from San Antonio, but he lives in L.A. and he's tainted, therefore. We can have rivalry between states. That's okay. It's just denominations we need to come together. But one of the things he says, and when we heard it during rehearsal, I had to stop and listen to what he was saying because like, I didn't understand what he just said. He speaks really fast. and He's from L.A. But he was saying something to the effect of he was getting to the tithing issue, right? He was getting to, uh, you know, there's different denominations because different beliefs. And, you know, and then he starts hammering on the tithing issue, of which he must have, a, you know, he must have been to a church that really stressed that and had a problem with it, hence it coming forward right now. But it's something like that that's just boiling inside of us that we lash out at others. Is baptism completely underwater or can you just sprinkle? Some of you Baptists are going, <clears throat> it's underwater. <laughs> Gotta be underwater. Communion. Can you, communion be served by just pastors or by anyone? Can anyone come to the communion table or just members of that church? Can the pastor turn somebody away from the communion table? I know of another pastor who did that during communion said, I'm not going to serve you today because I know you're not right in your life. Dude, then don't serve me either. But where do we draw the line? We get so transfixed on the non-essentials that we miss the truth. Oh, that just irritates me so much. When people ask me what I do for a living, I'm a pastor. I never say I'm a Methodist pastor. I never say I'm a pastor at Alamo Heights United Methodist Church. In fact, I never say United Methodist Church. I'm lazy. It's too long. I say Alamo Heights Methodist. But when people ask me, I'm, I'm a pastor. What church? Oh, Alamo Heights over by the quarry. You have to dig deep to find out that I'm a Methodist pastor. Not because I'm ashamed of it. Because quite honestly, I believe a lot of what John Wesley had to teach. 
I believe a lot of what he did, I think everything that came out of his Methodist movement was pretty much right on. But I don't, I'm not defined by being a Methodist. I'm defined by being a follower of Christ. That's why I really like these, some of, I know you're late attenders here, late arrivals here, but what you're missing is these great parodies on the Mac PC commercials. It's Christian versus the Christ follower. And there are these two guys that are doing this commercial. And, and, and I love those things because a lot of times that's what I feel like. It, it's like denomination versus someone who follows Jesus. We're doing things the right way. We're following things like today. I have my offertory card in my pocket. I have my WWJD bracelet on. I'm ready to go to church. I'm wearing my Sunday best. And then here's me over here who preaches with this shirt untucked, which I know drives some of you nuts. Last week I wore jeans my shirt untucked. I know some of you are going, oh, Jesus is going to come back and take them right now. <laughs> but isn't it just about following Christ, about living your life to follow Christ? Isn't it more important what you have in your heart than what you're wearing? Isn't it more important than what you believe and that you're following a life led by Christ than the fact that you go to a certain church and you're baptized a certain way and you can tie this much and you can do that? I think really we've let religion become more important than following God. We focus so much on religion sometimes that we don't focus on Christ. I think Paul really says it best in Ephesians chapter 4. He says this. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called to the same glorious future. There is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there is only one God and Father who is over us all and in us all. And living through us all. There's only one God. There's only one faith. There's only one spirit. When I was in high school, I went to high school in Northern California. And I was in a singing and dancing group. Get it out of your system. (laughs) We were called the Thor Throats. Our mascot was the Vikings. Thor. Hear me, Thor. Every year we would take a trip down to Southern California. We'd load a bus, we'd go down to Southern California, we'd do some gigs down there, and then we'd spend a day at Disneyland. One year when we were down there, some officers pulled a man out of his car and beat the tar out of him. Just beat him. And parents immediately started calling our choir director and our chaperones bring our children home. If you remember what happened, riots started. A man, another man was pulled from his truck because of the color of his skin, just like the first guy was. And he was beat by people. It was a very scary time. And I remember seeing later both of those men, Rodney King and Reginald Denny, on television... And Saturday Night Live made a parody about this later, of course, because that's what they do. But I believe it was Reginald Denny that said these words. Can't we all just get along? Do you remember, do you remember this? 
I don't know if you it was really real to us who are there and, and living there, but can't we all just get along? A lot of times that's what I want to shout to all of the Christians. Can't we all just get along? Christ died for you and me. He died for all of us. He didn't die more for you than he did for me. Well, Christ died more for the Catholics than he did the Baptists, because we have the Pope. Christ died for all of us. The same death, the same torture, the same resurrection. That's the most important thing about all of this. There is one God, one Father, one Savior. It's time to get along. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that despite our arguments and at times just plain stupidity, you still love us. You still died for us. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts, that we might be more accepting of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That we would begin to focus more on you more on the essentials and leave the rest behind because you are one God, one Father, one Spirit, one Savior. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Right now I'm going to ask uh, two new members of the body of Christ, not the Methodist Church per se. This is kind of an ironic time to welcome people into our church, isn't it? Um, Megan and Brian, come forward. This is uh, Megan Alexander and Brian Cornero. Yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> or, that, was, that was Fletch right there. Um, I'm going to ask you the uh, two questions. Um, do you profess Jesus Christ as your Savior and promise to serve him as Lord? And will you support this church and the body of Christ at large with your prayers, your presence, your time, and your gifts? Yeah. I extend to you the right hand of Christian Fellowship and welcome you. Um, Brian and Megan will be up here after the service. Uh, so that you too can come and welcome them into the body of Christ and this part of his body. Right now, would you please stand and join us in a one more worship song?